All right, welcome back to Late Night Lately. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the Late Night Podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com, like I just said. It's a website. Go there. I always have to make sure things are recording because otherwise uh, they won't be recording. <laughs> also, if you are watching the video and you, and you've, uh, you watched uh, the Constitutionals episode 268, I believe that's what the episode is, uh, you... You might notice, no, 269, you might notice that I am, there's a red sweatshirt that was sitting behind me, and now I'm wearing it. I didn't change my shirt, just put on a sweatshirt. Hey, let's get on with the uh, this uh, stupid show, and uh, let's do the monologue. Jim Jordan lost the vote for the House Republican Speaker seat three times this week. And if Kevin McCarthy lost it 14 times before landing the gig on the 15th vote, Jordan better be ready for the worst public BDSM sessions of his life. That's right. Jim Jordan lost the vote three times this week. It was originally supposed to be twice before Jordan said there wasn't going to be a third vote, only to reverse that notion just hours before losing a third time. It's like he's the teacher who says there's not going to be a pop quiz today, only to have it because all the kids kept talking smack. Then for no one to take it. And now he's stuck grading all these tests that say, eat my ass, Jordan. (laughs) If, If kids ever said that to a teacher. Jesus. Uh, Trump associates Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbrough pled guilty in order to plead uh, to gain plea deals in the Georgia election subversion case, which also sounds like the worst Bojangle meal, Bojangles meals you could have. I just, oh my God. See, that, the, the joke there is that, an explainable joke is always good. Uh, Kenneth Cheeseborough, Chesbrough, because people have been pronouncing it Cheeseborough, like a cheeseburger type thing, and, and Sidney Powell, which I, I was going to change to like, I don't know, the, the Powell Pounder, I guess, was going to be the thing. That's that's the whole joke. Whatever. That's, yes, Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbrough pled guilty in exchange for plea deals, but come on, these aren't the faces of guilty people. It's the Joker without his makeup and a businessman that gets killed by Joker gas. And finally, Girl Scout cookies are increasing in price by $1, making the already formidable gang of the Girl Scouts of USA a lot more like Capital One. And next thing you know, you're going to start receiving robocalls from them. It's going <laughs> to it's gonna go a little bit like this. My favorite part. Uh, hello, Chad White. We are calling you about the $17 you owe to the Girl Scouts of USA. And that was the monologue. Uh, welcome back. Late night, late the 12, 12, not a lot was going down in late night this week. We were, we're lucky to be back. The daily show has returned. They've got a new voice over there at the daily show. Uh, let me get their name, the guy's name, because, uh, I did not see the episode just yet. And I know, oh, I should watch the episodes before I, I do this. It's just so much late night. You know, you can only watch so much late night. Let me mute this before something happens. No, before something happens. But we have a new face on The Daily Show. I can't believe I'm scrolling through my my uh, my subscriptions and I can't actually see this person just yet. Let me just type in Daily Show. Uh-huh. The word daily pops up so many times in my subscriptions. Okay, we've his name is scrolling down, 
scrolling down, <laughs> scrolling down. <laughs> Guys, this is ridiculous. Jordan Klepper returned, which is fantastic. New Daily Show correspondent. I'm really good at typing things. Uh, the New Daily Show. Nope, that is an old one from Michael Costa. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe the email I got was completely wrong. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it was. I'm not going to restart this at all. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, his name is Troy Iwata. Yeah, I was right. Gosh. Look at me. Oh, Troy Iwata. Wow, I definitely uh, said he uh, he was a, a, a white man, but uh, I thought he wasn't. Anyway, Troy Iwata is, uh, joins the show. Uh, and Daily Show also debuts co-hosts. So at the end of this week, uh, Michael Costa and Ronnie Chang both hosted the episode, the Thursday night episode. Again, the episode I did not see. And uh, it's the first. Uh, what Deadline says this comes from Peter White uh, says that it's the first time that the show had two hosts behind the desk, which is not true. Both Desi Lydic and Roy Wood Jr. hosted the show. Uh, they said that, uh, or if you remember that that was that might have been what would happen. Uh, the two people, Desi Lydic and Roy Wood Jr., hosting like that. Um, going forward, Troy Iwata is, uh, I don't know who Troy Iwata is. He starred in this, uh, Apple's We Crash alongside Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway, Netflix's Dash and Lily and NBC's New, Am- New Amsterdam and the CW's Katie Keene. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, let's continue this. Um, Colbert had to do, uh, his show from home because he got COVID and now, but instead of what it was during the pandemic, um, we he had a better microphone and, uh, I mean, truly just looked like he was sitting at home podcasting. Uh, but the show, I think, again, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. The show is much better when he's not in front of an audience that's clapping for 72 minutes. <coughs> I mean, it's just interesting to, to watch this man deliver jokes completely with with earnestness and and not have uh people interrupted by clapping at uh, said jokes anyway he did not return for the rest of the week unfortunately they a press release went out saying that he had like they were gonna focus on him recovering from uh from covid uh he interviewed jada ping and smith during this episode and actually i checked this out caroline polachek did uh still did her uh, musical performance. I guess Daniel Cesar did the same thing. But after a great week last week, Colbert had to sit this one out, which is which kind of stinks. Uh, Paris Hilton came on the Tonight Show, which I thought was really good. Her I, I linked to the cold open, and uh, you always forget. I think Paris is a funny person. I do, I do, and I think I think she knows it. I, I and you know what I'll say this: I think Kim Kardashian is a funny person too. She was on an episode of American Dad, and it's just Kim Kardashian. <laughs> it's just like every every line she ever delivers. I haven't seen American Horror Story, uh, that new season with her in it, but you know what? More power to her. Do your thing. Issa Rae also popped up on that same episode uh, of uh, the Paris Hilton thing. Whatever. So we got two great people in one great episode. That's awesome. 
And now the rest of this uh, pertains to Late Night with Seth Meyers because I just think that it, it's, this guy puts out puts out great stuff. You burnt made its made a return to Late Night uh, as a fa- another fantastic piece of Seth taking down the man and everybody connected to him. Fred Armisen came back with, uh, I believe her name was Jacqueline Avsedo, something like that. Uh, I don't know, but he was, but Fred Armisen uh, is the band leader of the band and he came back uh, doing band stuff. And every time he's back, they do great in between uh, uh, bits with him. And I, and I, I enjoy that. Uh, and then Joe Para showed up again for the late night crowd. And, uh, and you know, I just, I got to say, I said this after I watched this interview. I think a lot of the, not a lot, I think some of these interviews that Seth does, uh, or that are booked on the show, not just Seth does, but that are booked on the show are just for, you know, fans of of whatever, like those projects. Like, yeah, that same episode, he had Josh Gad, but... Joe Parra was also in there, you know, and then they're like, there's always like one person that is just for like the fans, like Kelly Clarkson. If you, if you ever watch Kelly Clarkson's show, um, uh, uh, you'll know that she and Seth just have fantastic banter whenever he was on, uh, Bowen Yang appearing on Seth's show. It just feels like there's a lot less manufactured stuff. Like when when Bob Odenkirk or Colin Quinn, there's a lot, and Amy Sedaris, there's a lot less manufactured stuff when compared to you have on somebody who is truly just doing a late night show appearance, like a Chris Pratt. No offense to Chris Pratt. Even Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Mostly because I'm in love with her. <laughs> just kidding. All right, now uh, let's move on from that and let's talk about these two topics that I am very interested in. So let's. the first topic is Roy Wood Jr. did uh, a great interview with the Rolling Stone, with uh, Marlo Stern of the Rolling Stone. And it's very extensive and it talks about his uh, departure from The Daily Show. Now I, I, now I spoke about this uh, a little bit in the Constitutionals episode, so forgive me for retreading some ground, but also there's not a lot of stuff that happened this week. Uh, so Roy Wood Jr. left The Daily Show, and he did have some words to say about it. Uh, if you, if you, Again, I, I think I said this last week, Roy Wood Jr. left, and he said he would return only if they offered him the full-time spot but uh, of, of hosting, but he's just not in the... He's not the one to to be, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines anymore. He's been there for a, a while, and and it's time for him to move on. So if he can't have that thing, and it's and it's going to sound like I'm making him sound like he's a child, but no, if he can't have the hosting spot, then then I'm I'm all for him. Uh, he also said uh, in regards to Hasan Minaj that um, Hasan shouldn't like he the he should not lose that job of hosting the Daily Show because Hassan was rumored to have the job and and it is confirmed today that he's he was no he's not getting the job, um, uh, that he should not be the one he should not be getting in trouble because of the, uh, if you don't know Hassan went somebody at the New York uh the New York Post I believe or the New Yorker one of those, um, 
refuted claims that there was some uh, the racial discrimination that Hassan uh, talks about in his stand up and and Hassan came out and said, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of those were fake stories, um, but it's just the the fact that they could happen, you know, and, 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 and that they they were pulled from other people's lives and all that stuff. And uh, and so that lost him the job. But Roy Wood Jr. said that he should get a chance to explain himself. Hassan should and and that he that should not be counted against him for the job. And, you know, in some respects, he's correct. It's uh, Hassan should get that second chance. Um, but what I said on the, the constitutionals is that the, the, the Patriot Act is that show that he hosted on Netflix was a weekly show. They did what? Six to 10 episodes per season. They lasted three seasons. Um, that show was completely different and from, from the daily show. And just because you have that fan base of people who enjoy watching you, including myself, that doesn't, that's not going to necessarily translate to a show where you have to do 200 plus episodes per year. Um, and you know, I, I think that they should have, the rumor, initial rumor was, uh, they're going to have two hosts and it's going to be Desi Lydic and Roy Wood Jr. And I think that'd be great. If you look at PBS NewsHour, we've got, um, I believe his name is Jeff Bennett. Nope. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, PBS NewsHour hosts. Uh, you have Omni Navaz. And you've got Jeff Bennett. I was correct. I spelled his name wrong, though. And and they do a great job. Um, sometimes when, uh, uh, you know, there's something happening, uh, a big story, then Jeff will go out or Omna will go out. And one person anchors it, anchors the show. Uh, you know, I see this uh, in... Uh, um, uh, at CNN, where I work right now, is is that you'll ha- they'll have if there's three anchors on a show and and a big story happens, they'll send somebody out and two will two will anchor from the uh, what should we call it from the main studio and then the other person will be out in the uh, wherever. Uh, Tony DeCopo went out to the Maui wildfires and and uh, Nate Burleson and Gail King and, and a rotating selection of uh, probably Vlad probably Vlad. Uh, uh, we're hosting the CBS this morning. I mean, CBS mornings. These things can be, you have to be malleable. You have to have a way around hosting that can't just be one person talking to a camera. You can't continue to do the same thing over and over again. And uh, Roy Wood Jr. said in a Variety piece, uh, in an interview with Variety, that that is mostly the case. They have to change. Now studios are going to have to change things up. Uh, Roy says in regards to CBS changing the 1230 show, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me about late night, but if CBS has chosen to replace their 1230 AM show with something cheaper, that says something in regards to uh, production of late night. It doesn't mean that at midnight isn't entertaining, but it means that networks are looking for cheaper ways to engage people in the same medium. That thing, the thing that's dangerous for late night is the cheaper they're going to make that late night, the more affordable you're making it for regular people to compete in the space. So that means people who are hosting YouTube shows, people who are hosting TikTok things. If you're gonna, if you're, if those people are putting in kind almost the same effort and time. As it is, as a late night show, and 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 the, and the money's you know it's it's getting variably closer. 
then what's the point? Why, why do it? Why cancel shows like Z-Way show? Why cancel shows like Desus and Miro? Why struggle finding a host for The Daily Show? Why, why neuter uh, all the broadcast shows? In terms of leaving The Daily Show, he said uh, if it was a difficult decision. Uh, he doesn't know that, he was going to be, that he's not going to be chosen host. If he's not chosen host, think of it like football. Uh, then he says, quote, I don't know if the new host, A, will want me, or B, is running an offense that fits me as a wide receiver. There's a world where I get offered the show, where I still get offered the show, and there's a world where I get offered something else. But he's going to figure out what he's going to do next. Uh, there's there's a um, uh, when Roy Wood Jr. I'm I'm, I'm going to continue down this the interview path. When Roy Wood Jr. hosted the White House White House Correspondents Dinner, he really he really like it truly felt like he was his own person. I mean, he is his own person. I, I don't want to I don't want to take that away from him. But it really felt like he wasn't another. Daily Show correspondent, if that makes sense. Uh, the people that host the White House Correspondents Dinner, I I, I hold that to high degree. I, I, I feel like that's ho- like hosting SNL, even though, you know, people who have hosted SNL don't like aren't necessarily the, a lot of the best people. <laughs> but I'm just saying like that's that's another step up in terms of uh, hosting. You know, what was it? Cecily Strong has done that. Michelle Wolf, Conan, Seth Meyers. I mean, Colbert, uh, Larry Wilmore, so many people have hosted that, and and they're they're looked at as um, preeminent voices in terms of uh, 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 comedy. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like I said it sounded right. Uh, and and it's uh, I I really I I just think that Roy would have been a great host, even if he's hosting with Desi Laddick. I still think he would have been a fantastic host to do the Daily Show because he has because. Take, if you take the two of them, they have unique insight as opposed to um, – I think I think um, Trevor Noah was a fantastic choice coming off of Craig Kilborn and Jon Stewart. We need an outsider. We need somebody who's not a white guy. And now it would have been great in this very insular time to – especially if you want to save money – in this very insular time to have two people from the inside – you know, it's like it's uh, hosting the show. You know, it's like um, um, moving someone uh, uh, to uh, 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 SNL's uh, Weekend Update. You're not going to choose somebody from the outside. You're going to choose most likely the head writer or writers. That show is it, uh, they, they should never do one person again because Seth was the only person who could do one person well. I said it. Norm MacDonald was fine. Seth, fantastic. And people really like uh, 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 Roy. Okay. Now, in regards to the Hassan thing. Uh, he says, I hope the lesson that Hassan learns is that for people, the line where you can embellish is seemingly a little more vague. I understand the integrity issue that people are bringing up with regard to Hassan and his stand-up. Do I think that the things... Pardon me. That happened within his stand-up make him incapable of being a Daily Show host? Nah. I think he would still be a perfectly fine host and a perfectly fine candidate to host a Daily Show. Very true. This is the thing I said before. Uh, 
okay, and uh, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. Uh, I'm. I, this is the first time I'm reading this, and probably I should have scanned it over, but who cares? I don't really give a crap. Now, in regards to being asked about why late night reverts to always being back to all white men, because remember, Lily Singh's show was canceled. She had the Carson Daly spot on NBC for a little bit. Uh, and uh, Disa Samira was canceled. Z-Way was canceled. Uh, the, I mean, look at The Daily Show. A lot of uh, people that aren't, that don't look like Trevor Noah have hosted. And I'm saying, and I'm talking about in regard, like probably like Chelsea Handler and uh, Sarah Silverman. He says, I don't know why it keeps going back to white dudes in the seat. I do think they're going to use economics to justify costs. It's an easier way to say that something isn't racist when you just go, oh, we don't have the money. Uh, he does say women have it way worse than men, as a guy who just said <laughs> that Chelsea Handler and Sarah Silverman were two of the people <laughs> that they hosted. I Look, I enjoy Sarah. I enjoy Chelsea. I thought their weeks were great. Way better than D.L. Hughley's. His was, um, what's a word for horrible? <laughs> Other than Jade Catapretta in the soup, and that's not necessarily late night, I can't think of another woman who took over for a man. Yeah, because they had to, a lot of women had to make their own shows. Michelle Wolf had to make her own show. Um, uh, Sam B had to make her own show. Uh, well, uh, I guess Lily kind of counts for taking over for a man, but that show was so different from Carson Daly's. Anyway, that's it. That's where we're Junior's interview. And finally, this comes from the New York Times. Written by Benjamin Mullen, John Coblin, and Trip Mickle. John Stewart's show on Apple is ending. The problem with John Stewart is no more. A show that I wrote a packet for. I don't know if I ever talked about that. I know I've mentioned it before in passing on other shows. But I definitely wrote a packet for the show. Did not get the job. That's why I'm here. <laughs> now that it's over, I can talk about it. Uh, now the show is ending. It's ending amicably. John Stewart and Apple executives decided to part ways in recent days, two of the people said. Members of the show's staff were informed about it ending on Thursday. Taping of episodes for a third season were scheduled to begin within a couple weeks, one of the people said. Okay, so the reason it's ending were are because of very sound arguments from John Stewart. I don't agree with this guy too often. I do like him as a comedian. I do like him as a personality who can deliver smartly uh, uh, new, smart news bits, <laughs> but uh, this is something I do agree with him on wholeheartedly. Mr. Stewart told members of his staff on Thursday that potential show topics related to China and artificial intelligence were causing concern among Ac Apple executives, a person with knowledge of the meeting said. As the 2024 presidential campaign begins to heat up, there was a potential for further creative disagreements, one of the people said. Apple needs to understand that if it's going to step into the entertainment business, it's going to have to make concessions with its creative departments over this. Now, you can do shows like For Mankind. You can do shows like Salvation or Foundation, uh, any of these shows. But if you're going to have a late night show, if you're going to get in this business, you're going to have to make statements. You know, you're like if you how can you have a movie like, um, oh, God, what is that? Oh, Jesus. I don't know what this was. How do I get to my apps on a Mac? I've had this thing for a year and a half and I still don't know how to <laughs> navigate around it. Uh, 
Um, so now I'm on Apple TV Plus. If you're gonna have uh, um, uh, shows like Lessons in Chemistry, if you're gonna have uh, 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 shows like Shrinking that talk about um, uh, death and love and, and all that stuff, and 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 other things like Severance that talk about uh, you know being hijacked at work and 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 uh, and separating your work life from your home life. If you're going to if you're going to cover topics like that, you have to cover same similarly hard topics. And that in, and that includes where your phones are made, <laughs> China, and artificial intelligence, which is the thing that you're probably using on your shows and movies. You have to cover hard topics. You if you have a movie like Emancipation and Coda, One's about slavery, one's about deaf people. Then, and I know I'm just, I know I'm boiling that, those down all the way to their essence, but just hear me out. Then you're going to have to talk about the things that that uh, that are going to be against you. Now, um, I don't know if that sentence made sentence made sentence sentence made sentence. Uh, but but now I say that, and Tim Cook, also known as Tim Apple is in China this week. He made he made a surprise visit and they have low sales of their phones in China. The the t- the entertainment segment and the phone segment are two separate entities. If John Oliver makes jokes about Warner Bros Discovery and in the same episode he talks about I don't know uh what homeschooling that was the last episode i think homeschooling or or uh or long jail sentences or mergers his his editorial his team and and their editorial the dog is moving around way too much maverick the editorial insight should have no effect on what's happening on food network and that should have no effect on what's happening on max and what's happening in the accounting department? I think I I I'll say this as a person who did write a packet for that show and was not affected by when I was watching the episodes that I've watched. And I watch all episodes, but uh, I didn't entirely like that show. It wasn't the I mean the the comedy segments weren't the weren't the best, but the panels and the interviews were 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 good enough. Um, the comedy segments could have been better. I could have wrote better jokes. You, you see the monologue at the top of this show, baby? <laughs> there should have been... This should not have been an issue. There, Now, according to this article, Apple's foray into entertainment has raised the risk of collateral damage to its brand or estrangement of the diverse customers who buy its pricey iPhones and iPads as of September, Apple TV Plus had more than 19.8 million subscribers, according to data from analytics firm Antenna, excluding deals with some distributors. What if what if Nabisco Crackers produced, you know, the late late show with uh, late show with Colbert, not late late show, late show with Colbert, Stephen Colbert, if he made if he made jokes about Nabisco, would they pull their funding? I mean, that's that's the whole thing where, you know, um, uh, 
if if someone runs commercials during your during during your show and you make jokes about them, they can pull their funding. I mean, like if Nabisco produced Stephen Colbert's show, would they have canceled his show because he made jokes about Nabisco? I just don't I just don't see where this connects for Apple. How are you going to continue down this road, this path, if you can't let somebody make jokes or talk about hard topics? I mean, this all this all goes back to uh, there's a I just this this dog. Jesus, this is ridiculous. If you're watching the video, you just saw. The dog run from the couch and run into my golf bag, and the golf bag just slowly tips. I watched it happen. I was like, I'm just going to have to let that fall because I can't get up. It's ridiculous. But this all goes back to Apple. Uh, This is a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but Apple refusing to let villains use Apple devices, iPhones, inside of uh, movies and TV shows. I don't get this. I don't get it all. Hey, listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where I interview famous people. Most recently, Abe Forsyth, creator of Wolf Like Me. You can also watch the video version of the show on youtube.com slash cpluscomedy, as well as the other podcasts, the, uh, the Constitutionals Podcast, and LinkedIn Logs. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at cpluscomedy. Follow me on all those platforms at Chad Black White. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye.